Hey you and welcome to the Heart to Heart podcast and a big episode number 30. How to spot a narcissist and stand up for yourself against one. It's quite a relevant subject matter. Maybe some of you know listening, there's been a big viral story about a young girl at the age of 22 called Gabby Petito, who has been a victim of narcissistic abuse from her alleged boyfriend who has escaped and he's still on the loose. I don't think the police have got him yet, but he was the um, the man held guilty for her murder. So this is the brutal end of the spectrum of narcissistic abuse and I found it to be a big lightning bolt moment to give as much value as I can on this subject and give this young lady's beautiful life um, some purpose. You know, all my thoughts go out to her family and anyone involved and anyone close to her because it's pretty damn tragic. Um, And this is happening in in America and it's probably common as well. This is um, just scratching the surface on a big political matter, which there's been many Native Americans that face the same um, victimization and abuse themselves and and are known to be murdered and, and forgotten about. So this is one story that's sort of the pinnacle to an underlying issue that many people face. This is the worst case scenario that you end up losing your life, but I want to stop you getting there in the first place and spotting the red flags real quick and how you can muster up the courage to actually actually stand up for yourself and get out and get the best case scenario in a tangible and realistic way. Um, it's a big scary monster you may be facing here and I'm going to give you all the answers for it. Um, it's episode 30, so I'm quite excited about this one. It is landing on a big bombshell of a topic and I can't wait to sort of undig this one Um, and and thank you for spending your time thank you for supporting the podcast so far Um, and again if you're new here this is a podcast that helps singles date consciously find them their most authentic selves by healing insecurity and also starting to show up in the dating sphere in a enlightened way in in an empowered way as a means to attract a healthy, conscious relationship. That's the end goal of everything I try and achieve here. And so narcissism, how to spot one and stand up against one is also a huge topic because you just don't want to fall for or settle for anyone like this shadow of a human I'm about to explain. And again, we can we can look at this with a real compassionate lens because I'm going to get to this at the end of the podcast, um, but we can look at the, the, the fact that the narcissist has a shadow he is le- yet to see, yet to deal and heal with, but you, I'm afraid my sensitive, empathic, lovely human being listening to this, are not a victim of somebody's ill responsibility of not coping with their own stories. Um, and you are not the fixer or the sacrificer of someone like this. So let's get back to Gabby Petito's story. And I know this is quite a morgue um, and down subject matter, but let's try and get as much uplifting, lightness, um, learning from this occasion. And just to go back into the story that I've been watching a couple of YouTube videos just to educate myself on the subject matter, going into the news stories, going into lots of accounts and interviews that have been had across the whole situation. And on a regular occurrence, I noticed somebody who was playing the victim, which was Petito, um, the empathic, sensitive soul from what comes across in the tip of the iceberg on a video, and Laudry, who uses his power, his leverage, his aggression, his negative masculinity, his um, manipulation, his his domineerance, his um, 
charisma, his physical prowess against Petito. And this is what get, gets really dangerous. It's kind of like this paradigm by blah, 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 power dynamic. God, I've not done these podcasts in a while. But the power dynamic that we see here is quite a dangerous place because obviously there is a there is a superior and an inferior person in the relationship and it's quite evident by the video videos so one of the videos i saw was actually them both being in a van life they were doing this travel life and vlogging it and putting it on youtube um and it's quite a public matter and it's why it blew up because she was very public with their relationship and they sort of like took a chance on getting in a van going hiking and enjoying a road trip around the states and don't we all whether this is a media's media's way of turning lots of couples off or making couples feel insecure or fearful within their relationships who knows but i'm just gonna snipe you know really focus in and and tunnel vision in on this particular matter but the video i watched was a policeman pulling over the couple in the van what happened is petito comes out in floods of tears while laundry in the van looks pretty normal and this is a big sign of a narcissist who has potentially abused Petito. And what's a scary characteristic of a narcissist is that they're quite callous and calm after a quite sadistic um, and devilish act. They can maintain face and create a very calm demeanor and a persona which hides away and brushes things under the carpet quite well, um, doing it very well. And, and the police was trying to get to the bottom of why was she was so upset and they she continued to guilt herself make herself the victim make herself feel responsible for his outbreak his emotional floods his aggression his abuse she gaslit herself and probably i'm just guessing that he was a big you know a guy who would gaslight, manipulate, blame Petito for all of his aggressive outbreaks and make her feel the one responsible for his emotional um, immaturity, as it were. And so what happened is the police had witnessed a bit of domestic violence where he'd hit her um, quite hard, I think, slaps or whatnot. And she'd come out in floods of tears, like I said. And, and what she was saying is like, guys don't worry move on um it was nothing he was just going going mad about i'm a bit ocd at times um i'm a bit anxious about my things and you know over controlling in that aspect but that could just be a white lie a, a red herring something to just pass on the subject which is very common in a power dynamic like this um the empath a sensitive human being will will make themselves be the one to blame where in fact the narcissists themselves are the absolute pinnacle and the root cause of the problem in the first place. But they, they do a great job of making you feel the one that should be to blame for the situation. So bless her, she allowed the police to move on. She got into the car, uh, the van, um, and it was a big sign that her mental health was deteriorating and a huge sign that if you are in a relationship with a, uh, a narcissist, you will figure out that it is not good for your blood pressure. Um, it is not good for your physical, cognitive, emotional health. And we'll get to that in a bit uh, a bit more depth a bit later. And you'll realize how big of a knock-on effect it has to your mental health, the way you can think clearly, the, the, the how you feel before you go to bed. Um, you're constantly 
in fight or flight mode or even freeze responses um, within the relationship and you never feel at ease, calm and peace. And this is really um, a scary position to be in. But let me tell you, there's many ways to um, get out of it um, and you are not... um, a victim to this story um, as Gabby Petito's story is going to be a big headliner for um, lots of awareness around um, domestic violence, narcissistic abuse, um, power dynamics like this that really destroy people's health um, in all aspects. So let's rock and roll into part one the dark side of abuse. And we've covered it a tiny, tiny bit. We've just brushed the the surface on the whole subject here, but let's rock and roll right into it. We're going to use Gabby Petito's story a little bit more along the way, but mainly this is about you, your friends, or advice you can give. Um, And hopefully this whole story and all of the advice I give is not too triggering. This is a place um, I'm coming from in a professional manner. um, And I'm here to enlighten you. And the last thing I want to do is have you feel worse after listening to this podcast. So let's really enlighten, empower, and let's rock and roll into this. So the dark side of abuse is that you feel like you may be going crazy. You are the crazy one. Um, you'll be labeled with it. You'll own it. You will believe you are wrong for the situation at hand, just like Pepito coming out of the van crying and blaming herself for her own OCD when it really was just domestic violence. And so you're probably not the crazy one because we'll get into why narcissists and those that are um, have uh, shape-shifting tendencies are great at making you believe a storyline that um, aligns with their ideals and beliefs and, and they are bloody amazing at it they're like artists at it don't admire that art because it's quite disgusting actually but definitely understand it it's a funny story actually we are as human beings it's sometimes why we crave watching really dark movies with big villains take batman and the joker for example we want to know the joker's tendencies habits behaviors why why are we so drawn to that sort of hatred um, I, I watched a video uh, not a film the other day called um downfall it was about hitler's reign and his downfall and it really shows you the um the the depths of his character hitler in real form he was the biggest ego the biggest narcissist the huge he can manipulate a nation against their will um against their morality and completely change you from the inside out just based on his prowess his use of power leverage his way of completely ripping out your brain moral standing and your back spine to just say yes to all of his orders and some of them actually start to look up to him as the great fearer which is a uh, a german word if i you know if there's any germans listening please um you know forgive me for not saying that correctly but that is a word for leader it was his persona it was his powerful position is caricature he would show you the planet um, and, and the world and that film portrays very well his personal life he was somebody else and then when he became the leader of the nazi army he shape-shifted into this being but why why are we so drawn to nasty films why are we so drawn to horror films it's because we want to be acquainted and familiar with evil and why do we want to be familiar with evil the reason being is that so we can spot it nice and better we can spot it better it's not that we want to become it is that we are aware of it and aware that we shouldn't become it because the consequences of becoming it are far 
out of alignment with our version of happiness. Let's put it that way. And we know it's completely antithesis to the the human race is the evil side of man a great way to to counteract naivety if we walk into the world naive then we are open to the wolves to just feast on us protect yourself is to acquaint yourself with evil know it from the inside out and have your self-control in a place and self-worth morality integrity value set everything that i teach in coaching actually and and, and you guys have done lovingly to yourself i'm sure with your own self-development but you realize you align yourself so strong to what you believe in that you you are so protected to not become any evil anyway you know how much it hurts and feels and like why would you want to exist on the planet just to impose evil um the world does far better in 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 goodness happiness feels far better than depression so why what makes you happy what drives you to be happy and we want to align ourselves to the light side of life and so let's make you familiar of the dark side and the vicious cycle of abuse and this is broken down into four stages number one is you know you're a victim to abuse when tensions are building. So tensions are increasing, a breakdown of communication happens. The victim, like Pepito, becomes fearful and feels the need to placate the abuser. And that's exactly what happened in her situation. She started to make excuses. She started to hide his abuse under a invisible cloak, as it were. She tried to take responsibility, which she shouldn't have. The second stage is the incident. So this is what happens. Verbal, emotional, and physical abuse. This actually shows up in many forms. Does your partner yell at you, humiliate you, criticize you, put you down, treat you so badly you're embarrassed for your friends and family to see? Does they Do they ignore or put your down your opinions or accomplishments, don't allow you to be seen or heard or felt, and blame you for his own or her own abusive behavior. See you as a property, piece of property, you know, a sex object rather than a person. These are forms of abuse um, in, at soul level, at physical level. And so it can show up in anger, blaming, arguing, threats, intimidation. That's kind of the umbrella term for a lot of things that can go, go on here. And so that will happen. So the incident will occur and it could repeat itself. And this is how it repeats itself because this is a cycle we're explaining. And then stage three is reconciliation. So the abuser, after he's done his incident, he so knows well that's wrong, but he does it anyway in a callous manner and doesn't feel any remorse. But the reconciliation stage is that the abuser apologizes, gives excuses, blames the victim for his outrage, denies the abuse even occurred becomes this person to believe you're paranoid or gaslights you into believing you're the crazy one, as I said. I actually experienced this in my male group and friendship group as well. I think once I was, I set up a boundary. I was in a party once and this kind of a bully boy in our popular male group sort of, um, it, sort of made noises behind my back. I know it sounds really petty, but he was, he was kind of like bullying me behind my back without me even seeing it. It's what they'll do. They, they'll find their, pick their opportunities to, to create a scenario that's convincing enough for others to believe that you're in the wrong. And so I was in a party, I was drunk. And so he could blame the, the drink and um, he could blame the effect of alcohol on my mental state. But I remember him picking on me 
um, I can't remember vividly the situation, but it was name calling. It was funny faces. It was whatnot. Really immature behavior. I think I was about 17 at the time. And I turned around and I said, what did you just do? What was that? And, and what had happened is he said, you're being paranoid, you know, and everyone started laughing. And I knew I was being bullied and picked on in the middle of a kitchen, having a good time at a party. And it, this was just one event of many from the same human being. And now I later realize there's lots of parental patterning involved. I knew his, his dad and the reason why he may be like that is because he's owned a shadow of his past. His he- an unhealthy masculinity hasn't been brought through. He hasn't been recognized. His needs haven't been met. And so he's projecting his spew into the world and picking on victims. And I was one of them at that time. And so there we go. He sort of gaslights you. You can be easily gaslighted. And then later I was apologized by, by the same guy later at the party. And I kept my mouth shut because I knew he was kind of like the alpha in quote unquote marks. And he was the scary one to keep pleased because you don't realize, you know, you're fearful of the consequences if you're on his bad side. And it's why what's funny is when you talk about human beings, it's kind of like you want to, you may have heard this yourself, but you, you know, you're talking about someone who is a bit of a danger when you're like, you better be on their good side. Oh, oh, I shiver down my spine. I'm like, oh, I couldn't imagine what they're like on their bad side. You know, it's, oh, it's not the best, best sort of situation or thought to even think. So there we go. They deny their abuse occurred. They'll blame you and will tell you that, you know, minimize or invalidate what you feel. So you may claim that this really hurt your feelings physically, emotionally, cognitively. Yet they'll say, oh, it can't be that bad, can it? No, a form of a you know a form of invalidating, not hearing you out and brushing the subject over because they know too well they are to blame. Um, and then what happens is you kind of you know wh- whatever you like, just just like I explained in my own situation. Stage four is the calm process, like you know the, the famous quote that says uh, time time is a healer, and so time will heal the the tension that had come up, the tension, the incident. And now it's reconciled and now becoming calm. The incident is completely forgotten about. No abuse is taking place and the honeymoon phase begins. And this is what happens in abusive relationships. It happens and it's almost like it happened yesterday that they continue on in the relationship and, and you know, trust is built overnight with a, a bit of a fairy and a wand. It's kind of like, let's forget about it, brush it under the carpet, and move on. But us sensitive human beings, um, and I'm sure like you listening to this, male, female, you, this will live with you for the rest of your life at times, if it hasn't been dealt with. For someone like that, who can forget and have no remorse and just get on with their day the next day, or even straight after the incident and feel like nothing happened, then you realize this is a huge red flag and the dark side of this abuse. You may feel like you're the alien that can't fit in, you're the, the sort of circle to the square piece. You, you really, um, you start to question yourself, whether you are being overreactive, hypersensitive, and you start to question your own authentic self at times and your own truth. And you sometimes just put up with it. You, be, you start to create this victim persona, the ego. You start to create this um, identity that you are the victim and you are a rightful victim because you were made to believe it. And sometimes you are so infatuated with pain, so addicted to the pain, and you know, because after pain, the calm comes in the fourth stage of abuse, the final stage, and you think, okay, it can't be that bad because I know calm is coming. 
and the honeymoon phase will come. So, you know, uh, the polarity of yin and yang and the polarity of happiness and dark side. Sometimes when we've experienced dark, the happiness and the bright side is even more euphoric. And they use that against you because the calm is almost like, you know, a really rockety, rickety, lightning thunderstorm has just occurred. But then, you know, the next day it's shining, shining, we're on the beach and it's lovely. And the polarity actually keeps you addicted to the cycle itself. And so we kind of need to break this cycle. And sometimes you can, you know, you may resonate with this saying, but you feel like you're losing yourself. You've lost sight of your own talents. You start to live codependent codependent to this cycle you become a whirlwind of a person within um, this chaos that this narcissist is definitely um, curating I would say he's intentional about everything that's happening here he's he is the creator of the cycle and he knows that putting you in the cycle is, is a brilliant strategy for him to keep keep his power and so this is a huge mighty red flag that you found somebody that maybe using your emotional sensitivity against you. And it may feel like it becomes so surreal, like a movie. Um, and if it does feel that way, you're probably right. It's a very surreal situation and you may be in a situation with a narcissist. So as you can see, it's a huge manipulation act. As you can see, narcissists can show the world a persona very well you're seeing the tip of the iceberg their shadow and their vulnerability never really comes out unless they're using it as a form of manipulation against you but what you're seeing is probably a big smile a big charismatic human being a uh, a domineering person physically charismatically status money whatever it be he may be using those as tools to manipulate you and what you're seeing is both the persona covering up the mask, as it were, the mask of masculinity, the mask that covers up the shadow they don't want the world to see because it's a deep, dark place. And this is where we can have some, hold some compassion, but not too much because you don't want to be, you know, victim of the shadow, but just realize that they are acting and behaving in a certain way based on a uh, the shadow they have yet to meet. They have not embodied or integrated the shadow within their being and so they feel self-righteous or unconsciously acting in a world with all this all of this abuse that's occurring so we're going to roll right into part two spotting the signs and this is the juicy bit because we've again introduced a lot of red flags already um, and you know this may really resonate with you I'm trying to resonate with you on a deep level so you can kind of really walk away from this podcast with a lot of takeaways um, and if you wanted to as well dial back to episode 29 and I talk about the seven types of toxic masculinity and the uses of seductive characters to get their best best of interest at your loss um, and that's a great episode to really uncover on a deep level um, some of the seductive characters men or the negative masculine can embody against you but let's just really uncover five of the biggest triggers and characteristics to look out for with those who have a narcissistic personality disorder so number one is superficial charm you're going to see a like i said the persona come out in its biggest brightest fullest of colors they are glib and superficial they're transactional they make false promises and don't deliver they are smooth talkers who can engage an audience easily 
And I did speak about this on the previous episode, and I spoke about a, the coquette, and that's the seductive character who is a great with words. He's that musician who writes lyrics and can kind of seduce you into a romantic um, and f- romantic fantasy, as it were, and and use you uh, to, in a delirious way. You start to get become delirious. You start to um, start to lose sense of your reality because they are so great with the spoken word and they lie so much that they don't deliver on their promises they lie about things small and big they create very very vivid dreams for you and big expectations that they never really meet they create future expectations because they know they can meddle with the future to keep you um, in, engage with them in a relationship for as long as they possibly can to meet an unmet need that they haven't yet met. So superficial charm is definitely a way, a means, a solution for them to keep you on board, keep believing that this guy or woman, it could be anybody, um, is a special talent. Charm is a form of, you know, like they did with the, the flute and the monkey in a barrel. It's kind of like, taking you out of your reality and making you dance you have a like imagine you're the snake you're out there you know and a snake wrangler with his flute is playing the flute you're the snake coming out of the barrel and he's making you dance and it's a form of it's really scary because you're seeing somebody using a tool which is the flute against you and against your own will and this is what's happening with their language, with their body language, sorry, their, their spoken word, their body language, their promises, their, their ability to show up for you, their ability to, to charm you. And this is not healthy at all. And the second biggest sign that you need to see is that they take high risk taking behavior. There is a constant need for them to seek risky behavior, which leads to them taking chances that you wouldn't. Um, This looks something like jumping off a cliff face that's super high into a the depths of water i've seen it even in bali they have big cliff jumps here with waterfalls Um, and i've seen i've been out with mates with friends who have just with no emotion it's kind of like empathy is just unplugged from them and no emotional um there's no emotional feeling or conversation to say this is a bad idea man this 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 could be your life at risk here someone like me as a sensitive empathic human and you will think gosh i'm gonna have a little bit of fear because fear is gonna show me that i'm still human um i'm not completely disconnected from what i feel um and that's a form of you know it's, it's, it's a act showing you how callous and then disconnected from their emotional subset, they may be. And so something like even just jumping 15 meters from a big cliff jump, and they have no remorse, they're just jumping in. Maybe they've had practice, that's the only exception. But if they're just jumping in for the first time um, and and flying in there, it may be that they have um, a tendency that they can take high risk-taking behavior you wouldn't. Same goes for business, gambling, risk-taking. You, you, you may just think, wow, what an absurd life they're living. It's almost like they don't have any connection to the consequence of their actions. And why this is seductive and why you stay in to these relationships is they may feel adventurous. They kick off your your dopamine centers. They start to make you feel excited in a thrilling 
way and that's not healthy that's not sustainable in the slightest and so with that high risk taking behavior they can also overstep your personal boundaries and that like i like the gabby pepito story and the brian laundry uh, laundry gabby pepito dynamic it will create a, a position of power and a position of inferiority and so what you'll believe and what you'll create in a mental construct of association and identity is that you believe you not taking those high risk taking behaviors makes you more inferior to the person who is who may be the narcissistic narcissist hard one to say that one narcissistic partner would so you start to undermine your worth, forget your own talents while putting your narcissistic partner on a pedestal because they're doing things you would never believe you would. And the reason why the narcissist is keeping you along is because you're praising them, feeding him scooby snacks of, of gratification um, and, and need to be seen. And that's why you're fueling the relationship because his high risk taking behavior is a vicious cycle of him grabbing the being a power grab in in the power dynamic of the relationship and you settling for your position on on the lower um on the lower position there and and he will abuse that if he has ill intentions now we're going to rock on to number three and it's my favorite of them all um it's probably the one you can spot the easiest is having no remorse um they justify their wrongdoing in very manipulative ways. They lack concern and show no pity for their victims. And no remorse, like I say, is kind of like just unemotional. They're inhumane. They kind of make themselves feel very self-righteous. They'll make a decision and whatever the consequences, they will cope with it with a big stiff lip. They'll make their, it can look like this, they'll make their needs a priority in the relationship. They'll forget yours, they'll make theirs a priority. You're made to believe the crazy one, and we touched on that as well. There's just no remorse for making you feel worse um, from what you're feeling. You could be communicating that to the best you possibly can. You could be saying, stop, 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 this is, this is not nice. But then he will make you, um, he will reverse engineer the process, make you, fit, make you feel paranoid, you in the wrong. And so you'll eventually come to stage four and it reconciliate uh, the stage three and four of abuse, the reconciliation and the calm. He'll, an apology will be had. Um, everything will be wrapped up and you'll be back in the honeymoon phase again. And again, repeat the process of abuse. Number four, they're con artists. So they first find what, you are looking for and what it should look like and then become a carbon copy an exact copy of it this is what's worrying because i know a lot of you out there are using vision boards using big disney examples or fantasies of what your dream conscious man wants to be who you um, aspire to be with who will make you feel amazing and when you communicate that to a narcissist they are taking notes and not that they have a pen and notepad it with them. They are taking mental notes and they are so good at it. They will literally find potential actors online or um, peers that they aspire to be and become a chameleon in the way they embody what you dream to have in a relationship. And just like the honeymoon phase, the calm area, the stage four, I'm sure this is what they will use to rebuild trust with you uh, and a very very superficial short-term trust but just to build trust with you to maintain the relationship and keep you going on the cycle um, 
they will become what you desire and dream to have. And if you've communicated that, sometimes you're like, oh my God, I've just given them all the ammunition they're going to use against me. And so that's a huge, huge red flag if they can kind of be something they're not from one day to the next. Um, and they are very good actors. Actors, you know, act, I'm an actor. I can do modeling. I can do it all. Um, I wouldn't say I'm a narcissist though. Thank God. But, but there we go. It, it, it's an art. Separate the art of modeling, the art of acting from the reality of a human being. Find the integrity if you can. See who they are across the 24 hours in your day and see if there's any consistency. You need to see consistency. So a few signs you can see is, you know, emotional dysregulation. There's anger, anger tantrums and outbreaks that come out of nowhere. And I'm not saying that anger isn't un, is unhealthy. I never want to say that. And temper and frustration, I do it in, in my relationship with Jazz. You know, I, I, I can throw big fits. I'm really angry. I'm not shouting at Jazz or blaming Jazzy, but I'm, I'm getting it out. And it's a form of anger isn't bad or temper or frustration. But if it's a very consistent anger and frustration, then you, you should be worried. And if, if it's targeted at you or is disruptive, or is just so over exuberant and 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 you know um, and makes you feel as definitely the sensitive soul you're listening to this makes your energy it impacts your energy as the empath you're absorbing this energy in the in the in the space and you've communicated that yet they just only prioritize their own needs and overstep your personal boundary of needing an extra room apart or needing personal space or introvert time yet they come in with a big outrage all the time then you may be suffering from a narcissist here because they only they allow their emotions to just take over and allow the beast inside to come out the big shadow they've they've not yet met um and so you may it may also happen in threats to commit suicide They'll force you to have sex. They could destroy your belongings. They could have the unpredictable temper, which I explored. They could hurt you, threaten you, or even kill you, which is what happened with Gabby Petito. And so you've got to be very careful of these human beings that can just be one thing one hour and something else the next. And that's super unpredictable and a sign that you've definitely not found your life partner, but definitely found a lesson through this human being? What's this mirror trying to teach you? What's this human being trying to teach you about yourself, your self-worth, your boundaries? Is it something you need to go in within for and something you need to work on to, to own within yourself, to raise your worth and raise your worth to a place that you deserve a healthy masculine and a healthy counterpart within love? And so you do. So a big red flag for the number four con artist is the body language, the emotional dysregulation, and how they show up consistently. Just see how that is happening. Number five, they live a parasitic lifestyle. So many narcissists could take on tendencies of being a sociopath. And what they do is live off other people in a parasitic form by ways like brainwashing and covert control. Um, and this is this is a sad one because I see it a lot. Uh, I see it commonly, even in our political space and those with the power of the keyboard these days um, on social media. But they'll make you believe you're wrong and start to to to, to make you your opinion um, control your beliefs. And when someone is controlling your beliefs, this is a this is your core. Your beliefs are everything that steer you um, steer you through life. And if someone meddles with that core of your identity, then it can really trigger you and also make you feel like you lose yourself. So if somebody is acting excessively jealous or possessive, 
control where you go and what you do, keep you from seeing your friends or family, limit your access to money, the phone or the car, and constantly needs to check up on you, you found somebody who is a controlling narcissist and living off you, brainwashing you to believe, um, to live a life around that human being um, and, and become a brainwashed dummy, as it were, um, for their own benefit. We're seeing this even in the governmental system at the moment. You know, I don't want to throw red red flags so much so the algorithm stops the podcast being published or I get censored, but we're seeing the parasitic, parasitic, parasitic effect the government has when we're all in fear, we're all in paranoia, we're all in protection mode, we're all completely deleting beliefs that spirituality is wrong, meditation can get you well, holistic health, um, proper nutrition, exercise, vitamin D, getting out into the sun, social time, um, hugging your neighbours is the right way to health. But we're being brainwashed into eliminating our rights to being locked down, feeling super depressed, eliminating everything that can get us well, um, and sacrificing a lot for a parasitical system of power that wants to make us feel our weakest so they can take advantage of us and here we go we're seeing it in what we're living at the moment and we could be living with you know how narcissism lives within structures and corporate hierarchies It, it lives there um and it's not just in a human form it can be in many But here we go, a human form in a relationship is that they seek gratification and validation to reward their ego. And so you giving them all these affirmations and praising is, again, their Scooby Snacks to be a parasite to you. You are just a tool to their own self-esteem. And the depth and commitment is completely missing. So what a parasite will do is get what it needs and then detach and run away so they may have avoidant patterns you can give them lots of uh, avoidant patterns to attachment you can give them lots of praise compassion affection and yet when they've gotten what they need they will start to switch off their emotional um, triggers and so they'll leave you guessing without reassurance without trust without communication that they've gotten all they need they've filling up their fuel tank and they've ran away and they've just created space because they are averse to getting too deep with you and so they are the five red flags to spot the signs to see nice and early so number one superficial charm number two high risk taking behavior number three they have no remorse Number four, they're con artists. Number five, they live a parasitic lifestyle. You, my fellow empath and lovingly sensitive human being, have probably graced a narcissist if all of what I've said has really sung to you. You've spotted it. God forbid you are currently in this situation, but I hope this is going to help you um, with what I'm about to say in part three, which is going to give you all the solutions to stand up for yourself. Uh, Another reminder, you are not responsible for fixing someone like this, nor mother or father them to to potentially see what they could become because we've already just established their charm, their coquette style form of um, seduction could make you believe they will change and heal and become somebody better. But this could be false promises. And you seeing the potential in them could just allow, could, could lead to a really negative outcome. So a solid sign of sticking around is only when you see that they have commitment to their own responsibility 
for self-healing. And they're doing the work. Actions speak louder than words. And this is such a true saying when we're dealing with narcissists here. Words, they can build anything they want. Um, with words but if you can see that they are journaling they're meditating they're taking action on themselves they're starting to be consistent persistent um this could be a sign that they they are okay but again be careful of the shape-shifting tendencies and the con artists that they may be they you communicating oh maybe meditation could work and then 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 they start to meditate if you say, oh, go and journal or become this person and give them an example of a healthy masculine, they'll, they'll start to embody everything that they show and influence. And, and what will happen is they'll only do that for a short term. So couple this up with their con artist tendencies and see how consistent they are. So consistency is the absolute key here. Big cliche, but especially when it comes to narcissists, you need to see consistency because just like they're parasite that they are they won't keep up that face for too long there is a cycle to abuse and so this is the beauty and the highlight of it all here and the big learning that they can't keep up this face for too long you will see the dark side and when you see the dark side make sure that that's a big enough red flag to exit now sometimes because we're lost in emotional turmoil or emotional abuse we can become very blinded so a few things i just want to use as a final note a bonus in this episode is that you can self-evaluate and here are eight reasons why women and men stay in abusive relationships they have distorted thoughts so you may have those too you know you're you're distorted from your reality you have a damaged self-worth you don't believe you are worthy of a conscious partner or a healthy counterpart and someone who is supportive loving kind owns you for who you are owns you for your imperfections and and starts to create safe space for you to be vulnerable you don't believe that you you may have that your your self-worth is so damaged that, that that's happened you have a fear of what next the fomo fear of missing out the the rat race to find not rat race sorry the the scarcity race to find a partner before you know some there's menopause so women get really scared that they they need to find a partner so they can procreate and that that fear can really creep in when it's a race to find a partner that can give you babies and sometimes that can be superficial you're wanting to be a savior like i say you don't you're not the healer but you sometimes for your own identity and this is very normal that you want to help people you're a helper you're a loving nurturing human being potentially and you get a lot of satisfaction from helping someone but you may be helping the wrong people there is far more loving secure um human beings that deserve your help but the narcissist isn't okay they deserve they need therapy and um, deep therapy another reason is that children is in the mix like i just explored another reason is family expectations like externally your parents want you to go out with someone who's in a niche category you never know but just to keep them happy and you know as kids, we always want our mum and dad's praise, appreciation. To be seen by them is everything. And sometimes we live with those childhood wounds into our adulthood. Even me, I sometimes want to be acknowledged by my dad for my hard work. And, oh, dad, I'm running a successful coaching company here. And I'm doing a lot for to help people. And sometimes I don't get recognised. And sometimes that hurts. And, and sometimes those expectations are so strong that you begin to live in existence. Um... 
that goes against your truth, your authenticity. And I'm going to cover authenticity on a new uh, a podcast very soon after this one too. So um, stay tuned for that one to, to really understand your authentic self and know what's true for you. Another thing is financial constraints. And a big reason why try and be financially independent before you find that partner, because sometimes you can fall into materialism um, and, and an ill intent as well. You depend and become codependent upon um, a man or a partner because they provide for you in a way that's superficial. Um, we are looking at the whole spectrum here. You want to be provided emotionally, mentally, cognitively, physically, all of it, spiritually, all of it. You deserve all of it, not just the one, which financial constraints allow. And then isolation. You don't know what else is out there. You are, you are again, distorted from reality. You are living in a bubble, as the famous term says. And I know uh, when I went to Camp America a few years ago, um, they called it Camp Goggles. You have a selection. And just like natural selection, everybody distributes sexual mates and, and partners. And um, myself, I ended up with, with a lovely... She was lovely at the time. She was lovely and a great friend of mine. But in that 10 weeks of camp, we ended camp. She lived in... Uh, New Zealand, I lived in the UK, and it pretty much fizzled out. And so that isolation from the world and your abundance of options that you have, um, and, and again, if a narcissist is controlling you not to go out and experience the world or even experience because the, their insecurity of being evil um, is stopping you finding a very healthy and loving human being, they're so insecure in themselves that they will control and manipulate you indoors, as like we're seeing now in a, no a lockdown, <laughs> Um you'll be isolated to the point that you don't know if there's any other options out there for you, so you settle for less. And righteous, you know, that's fair enough, and that's what happens. And so that's another reason to self-evaluate on those eight reasons. So you may be having distorted thoughts. You may be having a damaged self-worth. You could have a fear of missing out or a fear in general. You are wanting to be a savior. You have children on a pedestal, and that's a huge motivation for you. You are strangled by your family's expectations. Financial constraints that you currently have allow you to settle for a man that can provide financially but nothing else. And isolation. You don't know what else there is out there. And so let's rock and roll onto num part three, which after all of what we just explained, I hope you're getting a really clear example and lots of green you know, lightning bolts to your head, green lights, um, as to how you should navigate now you will be very, very much understand the world of a narcissist and how they behave. And now action needs to occur. Okay, this is what part three is all about. How to stand up against narcissistic abuse, the biggest part of the podcast. And I, I'm thankful for you to tune in so far, but this is where all the golden nuggets will come from. So you as a human being, as a sensitive soul, are very compassionate. But with compassion comes a vice. You may not be in quote-unquote, aggressive enough. Your relationship with anger, it is could be negative and go against you. And healthy aggress aggression allows you to negotiate for a worthy position in a relationship or uh, an outcome. Um, and aggression is great for competition, great to thrive, especially in an hierarchy of power we're dealing with in a power dynamic. Um, and it allows you to fight for your worth. And finally, like we expressed at the beginning, familiarity with evil helps you become less naive. But if that curse of naivety, like Sleeping Beauty had been blessed with, if the naivety still exists, 
then you may believe that cooperation is the basis of all transactions. And let me tell you this, that is so not true. I've been in many, not many, but a few business partnerships, even giving money to say-so friends who had ran off with it. <laughs> they, they, never, they never abided by their promises. And of course, I'm the coach here coaching you. Okay, it's narcissism. I've been victim to it many times many times. Um, manipulation that has just gone against trust. And we want to believe in the best in human beings. And so um, and, and so that naivety can really go against you. And so what I'm going to do here is help you train your assertiveness. We're not talking aggression here. We're talking assertiveness. And this is your ability to stand up for yourself. Solutions to stand up for yourself and your needs are coming right now. So number one, I'd say look for integrity. Sniff out lies manipulation or shape-shifting tendencies like we said that they make false promises and the solution here is that you need to make a journal i say have it very sacred in a lockbox somewhere you know they won't find it but tally down tangible results tally down what you remember to be a promise so if they say right i'm going to take you out to a fancy restaurant in two weeks time um this day da, 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 and they do this regularly and never take you out they're spindling you on this narrative write it down and the second thing i would recommend is having a breaking point how many times that they don't meet the expectation that they create is then the deal breaker and don't make it too many don't make it too many don't make it too many this is just a triggering to seek out integrity to seek out that they have are consistent they are communicating and delivering and this is just a triggering of a conversation you want to have to express your needs, to question what's up, basically. So keeping a journal is so important. As we now know, your reality can also be distorted from their, for their own personal gain. So keep yourself as close to reality and the tangibles as possible. To do so, this leads on to the point two, keep your intuition sharp. Don't ignore it. It's probably the biggest gift that we as human beings are ingrained with, whether a spiritual belief or not, or just completely biological. We are gifted with something that bleeps to us danger. We are gifted with an, a, a massive tool evolved over thousands of years that's kept, that's kept us um, the, the domineering race of the planet as human beings, as homo sapiens, we've been gifted with intuition. It's one of the biggest gifts that you can use to survive through relationships, not even just life and driving down the road and not crashing or um, spotting dangers, you know, spotting dangerous dangers here and there. It's also a huge gift within your relationship, so don't ignore it. And the way you you, you um, cannot ignore it is that you've healed through your triggers. You understand what is your own trauma uh, and, and your own inner child needs that could be wounds that come up in your relationship and could be steering you and distorting your own reality. But once you've gone through and understood those narratives and where you may have needs unmet, you're in a good place because your intuition really becomes your superpower, not your self-saboteur. And sometimes some of us aren't access accessing our intuition because we're not looking after our body, our mind. Our diet is a mess. How would you expect to eat lots of fast food all the time and never exercise to still think clearly? Think how a mismatch in dieting, such as having a unknown lactose intolerance and still drinking milk every morning, can create stomach blocks 
And if we're talking the chakras through our body that we own um, and the, the pivotal places of energy and where we store energy, your gut is where all your emotions come from. We have a gut sensor that connects with our brain and dictates how we feel at times and even make decisions. And so if you're not looking after that gut space and your gut bacteria and using lots of whole foods and um, lots of proact you know you've been proactive with your diet your exercise you're getting in, your endorphins kicking and you're stabilizing your metabolism and xyz then then your, your intuition is going to be off it could be completely like a layer to the, to the onion it could have far too many layers to not work properly so look after yourself although you may be in a very stressful situation and, and using comfort by by procrastinating or eating comfort food, this could go against you. So you being an example in looking after yourself will slowly unravel the layers to the core and the truth behind your partner's actions. Number three is have a strong support network. And I could not advocate um, more strongly for this. Jim Carrey famously said, don't diagnose yourself with a mental illness if you're surrounded by assholes, basically. Um, and that was just like me as well. I, I fell into deep depression and anxiety and believed I was mad. Um, that was just because I was surrounded by Bantorius bully boys. <laughs> and it wasn't my issue, it was theirs. And so the same happens with you. You need to find a network around you that gives you perspective, that keeps you aligned to your true self. Um, that comes in coaches, therapists, friends. If you don't have access to friends right now, that's why coaches and therapists are super powerful. They're expanding. They show you... you show you a reality that's possible um, and transformations exist so if you ever were intrigued i've got some beautiful clients i've worked with in the past and there is lots of testimonials on my site at josh josh campbell.co um, and just have a look at those stories there they are, are kind of really sweet to see how people go from mental health bot rock bottoms to feeling so empowered to take on their dreams and that's you know pursuing a career starting to show up for themselves in in health diet exercise show up in their healthiest form of masculine or feminine um, and, and start to harmonize their life and start to take on courageously those things that they once feared um, and it's really interesting but definitely have conversation you may be introverted or extroverted whichever your flavor extrovert have a conversation with your friends people you genuinely trust who share the same core values as you and it's so important to know your core values so you can differentiate between who you can trust and whose opinions you can validate if you're a journaler then just understand your emotions by right sorry journaler introvert then use yourself like use your journal just bleed yourself into the journal but the introverts sometimes need someone to speak to more than anyone else because it's something that they're not um, so accustomed to and it's something introverts crave the most. And I know it being an omnivore on the, the, the best, you know, best of both worlds, the side of um, extroversion and introversion, we kind of need to balance ourselves out. Um, and sometimes these labels can be toxic in the form that humans, other human beings, and as we're social beings, we need to understand our emotions by communicating them and getting feedback loops with body language, words, um, and the beauty of just love and human connection. If you looked back at your gratitude journal and looked at the theme across the board, I'm sure, and this is why I say advocate for a gratitude, gratitude journal because it will make you realize what you value in life. And I can guarantee 90% of people will 
be grateful for how people treated you in that day. What feelings, what feedback did you get from a smile or someone's comment or compliment? They will be the things you're grateful for. Amongst, of course, basic needs, to be fed, a shelter over your head, there are also brilliant things to be grateful for. But how other people treat you is is a big, big bleeping green light to say that we are socially inclined and we need to feel like we belong loved we need somebody's opinion so have a strong support network and if you don't have it a coach or a therapist would be a great next step and so number four probably the most important of them all is assertive communication but you may think like what am i communicating i'm so unclear as to how i'm gonna approach the situation but here are a few pointers that i would recommend make sure you're very clear on your plans and your goals they are so important to your future your talents, your trajectory, and your ideals of life, not codependent to another's. So make sure you're very clear on how you want your life to look in three years, five years, and 10 years. You don't have to go further and beyond than that, but they are really good keystone places to begin. Get clear also on this question. Are your needs a priority? And it's a great way to identify if somebody else is stealing your shine. And it's a great way to really create a baseline so you don't aim blankly and don't leave loose ends. You kind of have a game plan before you move in and into a potential monster who could steer you against your own will with your distorted reality as well and use all the tricks up his sleeve that we have also uh, mentioned. So you need to be very clear and concise um, so you can use them to refer to and move into an assertive means of communication and get a conclusion and what you want and need. Now you're ready for the conversation bit and probably the most scary for someone who feels very belittled to the opponent they may face. And so I'm going to give you all I can to help you and navigate this situation. With the three T's, I love this framework. It's with the right timing, the right tone, and with tenacity. Tenacity is a big, long word. So tenacity just means getting an outcome at all costs. There needs to be an outcome. Don't, you know, have the backspine going into this negotiation. If there never seems a good time, for example, I know I said timing at the beginning, then you're likely with someone emotionally unavailable and potentially dangerous to you. If they never have a good time for you to listen, you know, communicate your needs, your wants, how you feel, then this is a big enough red flag to to start to reconsider. Number two is the tone, of course, keep communication calm and confident and breathe if you feel any triggers coming through. Really anchor yourself, calm yourself. When we are in a chaotic scene and a headspace, we're never going to really get a positive outcome, I can assure you that. And with the tenacious, the tenacity, the final one, make sure you get an outcome. Now to the language part. What language do you say? What words do you pluck out of thin air? So here is a good beginning. I wouldn't say it's completely in depth, but I want to give you something tangible to walk away with. Say something like, I feel, I want, I need, and begin the scenario like that. And then you can come up with the suffix 
to the sentence. So I feel I want, I need. So you can provide me with X, Y, Z. So I feel I need X, so you can provide me with Y. Um, and, And let's give you an example to flesh this one out. So for example, I want more security. So you can provide me with more communication, more reliability, more vulnerability. And those are, that's a form of allowing the masculine, if it's man, to step into his healthy masculine and, you know, make sure he's showing his worth. Um, giving him, give, you're giving him the token to actually perform and sometimes men really like that. So you want to really steer clear of avoiding and targeting the ego. Look for impersonal cues. So you can ask questions like, I notice you acted like X. Is this conditioning that may have triggered you to act this way? So maybe explore how they felt as a child. Did they feel seen? Did they feel hurt? Um, Explore past relationships. Explore all of that conditioning. Um, And that, that might be a way to realize the root to all of their behavior. You'll so, so, you potentially will soon learn that there's feelings of emotional abandonment, inner defectiveness, lack of security and self-control, emotional deprivation, and fear of ridicule or shame that could come to the surface. And like we explained earlier, it's their persona hiding the, the shadow, which is all of these traits. In the situation where they play the victim after this conversation, Another great follow-up is something like this. As your partner, I may be susceptible to putting your opinion on a pedestal, so it may cut a little deeper at times. This has given them the awareness um, and a, another token attest to, um, to, to provide you with safety. I think we all yearn for emotional safety, and it's a basic need for everybody to feel safe. And so you need, you need to give them the place to perform in a positive way use careful language use and or because instead of but funnily in a paper copy experiment there was a big line and and somebody a big line to use a paper copy machine and it was in a busy office and what they did was used people that were unsuspectingly being studied which is quite funny um, somebody walked in front of the line with their paper copy. They had a mission. They wanted to, you know, just like your mission with a narcissist, you want to get an outcome. Um, and what they wanted to do is copy some paper. And so they cut in at the front of the line and they, they, they said to the front member of the line, they said, can I co- copy my paper? Because I need to copy my paper. <laughs> there was no real suffix reason um that was different to pay you know a very funny um an ironic reason to give but the power behind the word because was assertive was confident and so what happened funnily enough the guy was able to use the paper copy machine just because he used the big word because <laughs> so be precise in your speech you know you might hear me waffle a little bit and bumble over my words because i just want to get it out to you um but being precise in your speech is a very good way to get your message across too much information can lose a great message and so using that assertiveness using all those frameworks um, and using some of those examples can really help you through on this one and so we're going to lead to the final one 
Why knowing what you stand for makes you great. So that's number five, the solution to this crazy world you may be living in with a narcissist. You need to know your name to reach your greatness. And this is a form of healthy ego, and I love to develop this with my clients. What do you think after these words, these names? Mahatma Gandhi. Oh, there we go. I I don't only think of a magnificent moustache, but I think of peace. I think of cooperation. I think of diligence. A family man. A humanely man. A moral man. Here's another one. LeBron James. He's the famous basketballer, isn't he? So for anybody who isn't into basketball, he's one of the world-famous basketballers in the NBA. I think when I hear his name, I think valor, determination, dedication. And so these hugely positive external expanders, I call them, are great examples of people who stand up for their worth. They wouldn't have got where they are today or in the past where Mahatma Gandhi got um, if they were sweating the small stuff if they were bitching around about small matters and they were being stuck in very toxic relationships and support networks. And so you, just like them, as your human right, you have the right to freedom. You have the right to peace. You have the right to calm and ease. And so you need to start seeking expanders if they don't already exist in your life and start to embody a healthy ego. Write down what you stand for. What are your values? What do you want to exude into the world and start to find a healthy example of it and embody this in your relationship. This may bring up triggers within the narcissist because he won't want you to be great and shine your light as it were. He'll keep you down, dampered and because he's insecure in himself. And so a great, great test again for the narcissist to come out of his shadow as it were and and lay down the mask to then show you exactly what he's capable of if you understand what you stand for and you as as we've seen you could distort your reality and so you need to ground yourself with this anchor of what does your name mean to you write down your name just like a personal brand and values you would just write down lots of brainstorms of values what you look like um what how you express yourself what friends do you have around with you what interests do you have what hobbies do you do what values do you embody what are your goals what are your dreams what did you dream about as an inner child what you what do you do in your creative time how do you express yourself how do you communicate get very clear on all of those things and you know I once thought I was very boring, you know, that funny question at an interview. It's like, what's that one interesting fact about you? Honestly, I could sit there and think, I can do a little bit of a beatbox. That's all I ever thought. (laughs) But that's at least the beginning. And you may think, oh, I'm not very interesting. I'm not very, um, I'm not this huge LeBron James by any means. But at least you have a grounding and you do have something to offer to the world, even if you feel like you're losing yourself in your relationship. And so this name is going to help you not avoid the conflict. It's going to be that fuel to, to face it head on, to, in your own name, in the sake of your own name, take on this difficult conversation. It's not in our nature as sensitive, you know, compassionate, fun-loving um, nurturing cooperative of human beings it's just not our nature to conflict and so we need to really kind of kid ourselves into being uh to, to taking on this conflict it's not easy i can tell you that however it is inherently necessary to live a resentment-free lifestyle and move on without burdens or ill grudges 
and, and heavy weight on your shoulders. You don't want to fall into resentment as it will keep you lost in your puddle of emotions and that kept you blind in the first place. We want to eliminate the noise, eliminate the fog. We want to get really clear now um, and start to see the tangibility within what we embody. I can guarantee you, if you follow all the steps in this podcast, you could earn a hell of a lot of respect, not, not only from the other person, but yourself. You may not even want to earn respect from the person you're conflicting here. This narcissist probably just doesn't deserve it. To come at this in a compassionate way, they have narcissistic wounds, and this is um, this is a this is a therapeutic term. The MPD, narcissistic personality disorder, as we said before, is a shadow that is building. Um, it has been built into this big storm that that creates the outcome of their hurtful behaviour. Um, and so we need to understand that at the roots and know that this is just potentially feelings of abandonment emotionally, feelings of inner defectiveness, feelings of lack of control or security, feelings, uh, a sense of emotional deprivation. So they're trying to get it through you and be the leech to you um, and fear of ridicule or shame. So they're giving you all this, you know, all this facade, this charm to completely hide from who they truly are. And so the outcomes of all of what you've learned is that you're continually learning. This process of life is beautiful because even with the bad experiences, we learn a lot about ourselves. We learn about our self-worth, our current stance in life, what shit we're not going to take anymore, um, and start to stand far more into our empowered self. We are always discovering ourselves. No one is totally enlightened in life and so you need to be compassionate with yourself even if you've taken two steps back with a toxic relationship just remember this is a gift to never fall for it again this is a familiarity with evil to make you less naive and a bit more street smart when it comes to relationships and that's a beautiful gift because you're you're going to have a great litmus test a great sieve a great filter for brilliant human beings because you now have perspective without you know, what's really funny is that how do we know what good is if evil didn't exist? If the life was all flowers and roses, we would really not know how beautiful a flower and rose was. We need to see the thorns. And so allow this podcast to help you push your comfort zone, make conflict feel a little less scary and a bit more tangible. Allow your dreams of a relationship to really come true this to develop a potential relationship as well, whether you're not in a relationship with a narcissist, but just going through some shit at the moment with your partner, this could really help you communicate it, sort of get emotionally and consciously aware of what, what you may be going through, um, whether you could potentially cherry pick some of these attributes yourself. Are you embodying any of the shape-shifting tendency? Not to the, the state that that uh, Brian Laundry was, but but Laundry, did I call him Laundry? Laundry. Um, He's not a bit of laundry. He's far more, far more than that. But, but, but here we go. This, this is going to just enlighten you, shine the torch on things that are really important. And I can tell you this: like we're not all perfect. Some of those tendencies, I think. Oh God, I may have had no remorse once. I may have shape shifted when I was performing on stage once, and I was becoming an actor. You know, we are all human beings, flawed at our essence, and we, you know, there is a lot of potential for evil within all of us, however good we are. But it's understanding the evil so much that we would never imagine being it ourselves. 
but we are aware and familiar with it to spot it and snuff it out quick. So I hope this podcast has given you that assertiveness, that confidence, um, less dependence on anybody else and less fear of judgment. Um, And just know we are attracted to and stick around with narcissistic partners for the very reason we reject something within ourselves or haven't fully healed our our experiential wounds. God, I'm losing my voice. It's coming up to an hour now. (laughs) The correlation between a need that wasn't met in childhood could quickly become a gaping hole or a gaping void for malice to take the position. And that's the last sort of word and sentence I want to leave you on. You are enough. And you, I know using this very polar existence of um, Gabby Petito's story, um, is doing her justice. That beautiful soul has moved on to a beautiful place, I'm sure. Um, But just know this beautiful place that we are is life. And this experience is one time or one of many lives we've lived. Um, But just know you deserve the best in this finite amount of time on the uh, the gravestone that we're all going to have one day and just realize you do deserve someone to make you happy someone who doesn't steal away from your grace who who allows you to shine and be on the pedestal from here and here and there and doesn't you know deflate their own needs to outbarge your own and everything you've learned in this podcast has hope hopefully given you all the learnings um, and tools to take on the big monster or the big elephant in the room that you may be having in friendships in romantic relationships and even now you can give advice to your friends or recommend this podcast to a friend because you don't want to lose your voice um, and start cackling um, because now I'm H2O deprived. I need a bit of water. So you don't have to go for all of this. (laughs) You can just recommend this podcast because it's all here. So I just want to leave you on that note. Um, If you are in that position where you are seeking that support network, then you may already know, but you can apply to my one-to-one coaching program, which is currently accepting applicants. And that's at joshcampbell.co forward slash, oh, I can't bloody remember, but you'll find it. Just go on the homepage and you'll find the one-to-one Evolve 12-week program. Um, And it's a great place where you can have a little read, what to expect, and I help you through you as a single person navigate the the treacherous planes of the dating sphere and attract authentically a conscious and loving and healthy relationship whether you're in one actually or not um i will help you create huge game-changing transformational associations to love and the healthy versions that we should all seek so i'll love you and leave you on that note again This is an ode to that Gabby Petito. This is an ode to you for whatever pain you've been through. And just know you're not alone. As I've shared a few stories of my own, um, it doesn't have to be as dark as a um, a murder scene or um, something so tragic. But, But just know that this doesn't invalidate your human experience either. So do not invalidate yourself just because you feel like, oh, I've not gone on a road van trip yet and experienced physical abuse yet um, or to the point I've been left in the middle of a marsh. Um, This this shouldn't invalidate your experience. You have all right to speak up and speak up you should. I'll love you and leave you. And from my heart to yours, have a beautiful day. 